0: The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Steffen, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt Designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Rock Hall inductee Rod Argent is the keyboardist, main songwriter, producer, and founding member of The Zombies, the band that formed in the UK in the early 60s with many hit songs before they famously disbanded before their worldwide smash hit, Time of the Season, from the legendary Odyssey and Oracle album. Rod and singer Colin Blunstone have been touring as The Zombies again for the past several years, and have a brand new album and tour, I've got Rod Argent on the line right now from the UK. Oh, hi, Jim. Rod, welcome to the show, In honor. I saw you guys play here a couple times now, and one of those times was when the Zombies opened for Brian Wilson. What was that experience like for you guys?
1: That experience was absolutely gorgeous. It it also affected one of the tracks on our new album because uh, I, I... you know, my, my love of harmony, and, and obviously, yeah. um, which was um, not helped, I can't do the word, stimulated, if you like, yeah. um, by playing with Brian again, um, made me um, write the first chorus of a, a song called Rediscover, uh, which is just an a cappella, big harmony first eight bars of the song and that's on the new album so you know if, if, if you can get to listen to that uh, I, I'd love you you know in this context uh, uh, I'd love you to have a li- listen to that on the new album uh, but it was it was great and, and you know on one night um, the guys from the Brian Wilson band asked Colin and I to join Brian on um, God Only Knows And and Colin sang
0: it, and I played the keyboards on it. Wow. And you know, Rod, I've talked to Colin before about how much I thought Odyssey and Oracle could be compared to Pet Sounds or Smile. He was a little surprised when I said that, but he said, yes, I I can see that, because the harmonies really tied your two bands together. Congratulations on your new album, A Different Game. I've heard a couple songs now, Love You While I Can, which is beautiful, and I have a feeling that it's going to be played at thousands of weddings in the future, don't you think?
1: Well, that would be nice. It was actually ri- written for a wedding because um, I was in the process of starting to write for the album and um, we actually hosted our manager's um, wedding, which was, they married each other, um, uh, Chris and Cindy. Yeah. And um, I wanted to write something very simple that would be a surprise for them on the day because they got married at our house in uh, in the UK. But, but we, didn't, we didn't actually get it finished in time. But it was actually stimulated by... Um, their situation in, in both of them marrying for a second time, and and, th- and they adored the song when they heard it. Um, it wasn't quite ready to be <laughs> played at the wedding, but that, that that was the that was the stimulation for it.
0: The other song that I heard, "Dropped Reeling and Stupid," it's just fantastic. Yeah. Your your lyrics and composition have never been better. So good on you.
1: Well, bless you for saying that. I must say that in the industry, obviously, you know, the, most of the, the the public haven't heard. Uh, the new album yet, although um, both of those things have been made into videos, which have had a real streamed yeah. response, actually, which is lovely. Um, I, I think it's some. The, I think they're some of the best songs that I've written. And we recorded the album very much deliberately in, in, in the way we used to record in the old days. In other words, to go back to how we had to record when we first started to record because there was no other way. And that's with everybody in the studio at the same time bouncing off each other Uh, minutely adjusting what they're playing to what they're hearing at that very minisecond and 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 that is the way I believe that you get something really quite magical And have
0: you played any of the new songs yet in front of a live audience
1: we played four yeah and let me tell you about the one that's coming out Um, you know the first thing I wanted to do very much I didn't want this album to be as some vintage albums are if you like if you want to put it if you want to say vintage uh, some vintage bands, they seem to sort of just draw back a few paces in their energy. Uh, I wanted the three or four of the tracks to be real grooves, you know, to have real um, on-stage energy about them. Uh, one of those songs, Merry-Go-Round, um, we do after we play Time of the Season. Now, you can imagine on, on stage, um, Time of the Season uh how it goes down i mean sometimes we get you know four or five minutes standing ovations to that yes and then we immediately play merry-go-round afterwards which, which very few people could have heard and do you know what it goes down almost as well
0: that's fantastic um, in the early days of the zombies wasn't it manfred mann who said to you i love your new record she's not there but you've got to change the name of your band
1: <laughs> it was exactly him that said that it, um I knocked on the door of his dressing room when I heard Miles Davis uh record playing. Um nice. and and he came out and uh and then he said that very thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I guess it's worked out okay for you guys. I didn't know. When I was a kid and heard Time of the Season on the radio for the first time, I had no idea it was part of this bigger masterpiece album, Odyssey and Oracle. Did you guys basically jump into the studio right after the Beatles recorded Sgt. Pepper?
1: We did. Um, we recorded there because we, we got a bit upset with the way some of our previous singles have been uh, mixed down. You know, it was somebody else's vision. And it wasn't the way that Chris and I had heard our songs. We thought we had to produce an album ourselves. We didn't know if we could do it. But it was a totally in-house production. And the songs did turn out, for better or worse, they turned out the way that we'd heard them, how we imagined the songs. And that's totally true of the new album as well. It's the first one that we've done since that's been a totally in-house production.
0: Why do you suppose, Rod, that it took people so long to realize now you know it's iconic, it's one of the greatest albums of all time, why do you think it took people years to figure that one out?
1: I think we always came from left field a bit. And I, I know that it's always been, it's been an almost universal uh, record company reaction right from the days when we first started. Um, but uh, I remember making She's Not There and we thought we, we got um, a great record. But um, certainly the, the, the first reaction of the American company was, we're not going to put this on our main label because it's just not commercial. Um And and in the end, it became the first number one, uh, it was number one in Cashbox, after the Beatles with a self-written song um, from an English band. So um, it's because we always do things for real. We always do things in the way, not copying what else is around there, but the way that we will get an idea that excites us um, and then work through that and, and try as much as possible to keep that attitude throughout the whole process. Play it to the band and we get something that we think Actually really, really works, and then we'll we'll try and record it you know and you, you, it, it doesn 't always work out, but that 's the only way we 've ever written and recorded and and sometimes it means that we don 't get the instant success that many other bands got, but if you do get success, it tends to be those songs tend to last very many years or at least historically they have and and they just never go away so uh, I, I think that 's the reason they 're not instantly commercial in terms of people imagining what's a hit at that moment. Um, but we're, we're just doing what what feels great to us.
0: That's uh, very well said. And, and I, you moved on from The Zombies to Argent, and Hold Your Head Up was a big hit on the radio, as I remember. And I think I read somewhere that Rick Wakeman said your organ solo on Hold Your Head Up was the best that he had heard up until that point.
1: He did say that, and uh, I actually heard him say it. Um, so it, as I say to people, it made my Christmas. It was a Christmas. <laughs> and I actually
0: heard the broadcast and I
1: thought, wow, what a lovely thing for him to say. But he did. And, and it's so lovely that he
0: did. For years, you wouldn't get involved in, in zombies activities, but it just seemed to happen organically in a way where you and Colin would eventually re-explore all that rich material and, you know, kind of a gig at a time, right? You, you would schedule a few gigs and then, uh, and then go from there.
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, we really steered clear of uh, including the zombie's name, because we felt um, that we just didn't want to try and rake over the coals, you know, is the way I always uh, sort of felt it. And we were doing it because we were enjoying playing together again. But then we realised, we suddenly realised that there was a, because we broke up so early uh, the first time round, there was a whole catalogue of stuff that we'd never, ever played on stage. and so. And, and and then we would hear things like um, one day we heard Tom Petty play a song, I Want You Back Again. And we thought, my goodness, you know, we've never played that, ever. We, you know, wouldn't it be cool to try that out and see how it feels to play that? And we loved it. So that's when we started feeling that it was honest to start playing some zombie material on stage. Whereas before, it, um, you know, we just steer clear of anything that was trying to exploit what had gone on in the past. Because that's never what we were
0: Um, interested. Odyssey and Oracle, of course, has been played live now, the complete album many times, just brilliant. And I seem to recall, originally, you were to be the lead singer of the Zombies, uh, not Colin.
1: That's right. On our very first uh, meeting, Uh I'd never met before, Um, we had our very first um, meeting because he came along with a friend of mine who who was going to play bass, and he said, I've got a mate who plays a bit of guitar and sings a bit. I said, well, bring him along, you know. And um, we all played together, and and yes, I wasn't going to play piano at all. I was just going to sing. And then I, I, I wandered over to a beaten up old piano that was out of tune and played Nut Rocker, um, the old P-Bumble and the Stingers hit. And, and Colin came racing over and said, I can't believe you just played that. Um, he said, you've got to play piano in the band. I said, no, no, I don't think I want to do that. But then later on in the uh, rehearsal, I uh, he was having a coffee. I think we were just packing up, actually. And he got his guitar out and started to... Play an old ricky nelson song and i thought he sounded fabulous and i went up to him and said my god you sound really lovely um you've got to be the singer and, and i'll play piano and, and and that was it it was fixed on that very first rehearsal <laughs> and and that was it and the, and the band with one one exchange i mean the the, the the bass player went off to become a doctor in canada um uh-huh. and follow his education etc etc um and uh, chris white joined and that was the only change we ever had from just this disparate group of people that that have got together for the first rehearsal And for some unbelievable reason, it all worked. It sure did.
0: um, The Life is a Merry-Go-Round tour resumes March 18th in San Antonio. The new album, Different Game, on sale March 31st at Amazon and iTunes and all the usual platforms. So nice to talk to you, Rod, after all these years. I really enjoyed this. Good luck on the tour. Oh, thank
1: you so much, Jim. Appreciate it, mate.
0: Bye. You know, in the case of Odyssey and Oracle, sometimes the record company just doesn't know what they have and they don't know what to do with the product. It was a very similar situation when Capitol Records listened to pet sounds for the first time and just didn't get it. Ugh, management. Well, that finishes this episode of The Fake Show podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Jim Tofte. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.